Isn't it great to come and worship today, amen? To be able to know that you can come and be in the presence of God. And not only just, it's great to meet in this building as a church body and to meet and to be in the presence of God. But what greater it is, is when we're out on our jobs, we have the presence of God. If you're a child of God this morning, God's presence is with you everywhere, amen? And that's so comforting to know that that I know that, I, you know, it's good to be here on Sundays and, and we're all here to get a, a portion of God's Word. But it's so good when I, I can be out alone and God's presence can just surround me. And His and He can just speak to me through His Spirit. Amen. That is some of the greatest times is to know that you're never alone. That God is with you this morning. And, and I'm going to preach this morning. I, I got good news this morning. Amen. I don't know. Some of y'all look like y'all need some good news this morning. We all need good news, and, 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 and I think this is what God is turning Pleasant Hill, uh, Pleasant Hill into, is a gospel-driven church, amen? This is what every church should be striving for, is a gospel-driven church. There's a lot of things that drives the church today. There's a lot of programs, and there's a lot of ministries, and, and, and everybody wants to copy another church. We need to stick with the gospel, Amen. We need, we need never to veer away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the most important thing. And we, we got a lot of things that go in our church. And we do a lot of programs. I'm not against programs. Uh, everybody gets to be involved in ministry in the church. But the main thing needs to be the main thing. Amen. And this should be, listen, a gospel driven church. Listen, that's what motivates you to serve. It shouldn't be me because I come and ask you this morning. Amen? We should serve and, and pray to God that you came here this morning to worship God. That's what motivates you was the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what motivates you. If you'll stand this morning, I'm going to read uh, four verses. <clears throat> I was going to preach uh, on a total different subject this morning. I actually was going to go to blind Bartimaeus. I love the story of Bartimaeus, but we need to realize who Jesus is first. And really take a step back and say, hey, am I serving before Jesus or am I serving because of a man? Or am I trying to build my own kingdom or am I working for God's kingdom? Amen? And that's what a God, that'll, that'll just drive you to be who you are for Jesus. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul's writing here, there's a bunch of people said that Jesus never resurrected. There was a lot of false teachers speaking about Jesus was just a good man. And Paul wanted to write in this chapter 15, he wanted to set, the, set it straight that, listen, a lot of people came claiming to be Jesus. A lot of people came claiming to be the Savior, even in our day and time. Amen? Uh, but back in these days, they were, the church was worried that, that false teachers were telling them that Jesus just died. I mean, He was just a man. And Paul said, listen, He didn't just die. And hang on a cross and die. They put him in a tomb and three days later, he did arise. That's what makes the gospel good news. Amen? Amen. It would just be news if all the other ones. Any other man that's been laid in a grave is still in the grave. But the good news that we celebrate in the Christian faith and what makes a difference in our church, in our lives, in our family is that Jesus Christ is alive. Amen? He's resurrected. He's not dead. That's what our faith is based on in Christianity. And if we and listen, if he's if he's dead, then our faith is useless. But he's not; he is alive, and and so this is what Paul is trying to get out to the church at Corinth and all the people in the city. Look what he says in verse one. He says, "Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, 
which also you received in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first all that which I had received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried, now here's the key, and He was buried and He rose again the third day according, Paul said, not by my words, but according to the Scriptures or God's Word, that He arose. Amen? Heavenly Father, I pray that You would open our eyes this morning that, uh, Lord, the things that motivate us in life, is that the gospel didn't just affect us on Sundays. It didn't just a one-time experience when we got saved. But Lord, the gospel, Lord, it should drive us every day. It affects our job, our marriage. It, it affects how we do church. It affects how we raise our kids. And Lord, it should be a changing experience, not just a one-time experience. And Lord, I pray that you would bring that to us just fresh this morning through your spirit. That you would just give us fresh life in our families and in our church. Lord, help us motivate the things that we do for you because of what you first did for us. And Heavenly Father, we just give you the praise here today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to stay... How many of y'all have a hard time staying focused? I'm glad I'm not the only person. I thought, man, sometimes it's really hard to stay focused on what we should do and the task at hand. How many of y'all have ever lost your pencil or pen and you look for it and it's in your mouth or your ear? Amen? How many has ever lost a cell phone and you're looking around trying to find it and you got it in your hand? Boy, y'all are good people. I want to tell you what happened to me a few weeks ago. I was... Uh, just came home and Hunter's truck had been broke down for two or three weeks and we bought a new engine for it and, and was really thinking about how I was going to do this and what I was going to do and I was thinking on things at church that was coming up and, and I got home and Mevlin was on top of all that. Mevlin had been in a hospital for four or five days. And so I thought, well, I, I walked by and I looked and I seen the hamper was getting full and I said, I'm fixing to really impress her. I'm going to do all the washing before she gets home. And so I grabbed me up a load of clothes, boy, and here I go. I go to the washroom and go on the back, and we have a stackable washer and dryer. Dryer on top, washer on bottom. I opened up the washer, looked in there, and it was empty. Opened up the dryer, put my clothes in, shut the door. I looked back in the washer, shut the washer door, pulled the washer spigot out, poured my, um, the, and all that, that liquid stuff. Downy. Yeah, you got to have the downy. Poured my liquid down, he got me a scoop of detergent, put it in there, shut the door, pushed the button, and boom, I was gone. Mevlin comes, she, she was come home a little bit later. And she walked in there and said, uh, what's the dirty clothes doing in the dryer? No, no, before that, before that, I went in, and, and she, she's on the way home, she said, I got to wash some work clothes. And I said, oh, I left them in the washer. So I run in there to the washroom, and I opened up the door, and it was empty. And the first thought, somebody stole them. That's what I thought. I'm thinking, who took the clothes? I mean, I went outside for about an hour or two, and I think I even went to school and picked up Hunter, came back, the clothes were gone. And I know I put detergent in that washing machine, and I know I turned it on. And I seen it going around and around and around before I left. And I thought, where are the clothes? And I got to look and open up the dryer. There's my clothes. All I did was put them in the dryer, shut the door, I turned the washer on, put detergent on, shut the door, push the button. 
I told her, I said, we got the cleanest washer in the county. There wasn't a closed one in the bottom, but it's clean. And we get so busy in life, we get a lot of things on our mind. Going, going here and going with the kids and doing this. We got church. We're trying to live the life that God wants us to live. We're going here. We got our job. And, and things can really, I mean, you can really just get unfocused. It feels like sometimes we live life. We're doing, we're doing our life every day, but we're always thinking about something else. We're, it's hard to stay focused on the task at hand. Our mind goes a million, million ways. And Paul was trying to, in Corinthians here, to let the people know, do not get unfocused. No matter what the people say, listen, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He didn't just die, but He rose again three days later. That's what your faith, and they even said in verse 1, this is what I stand on. And we've got to have something to stand on today. Amen? Now, it, don't just stand on... It's got to start back with the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our church has to have something that we can stand on. We can't just always stand just on my preaching or just on the music. We've got to have something that has stood the test of time, that has changed people's lives for thousands of years, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the same thing is for our church. Listen, we can do great programs, we can give away things, we can do this, but we've always got to present Jesus to the people. Amen? Jesus is the only thing that's going to help you in whatever situation you're in this morning. Uh, let me tell you this. Jesus is the only one that's going to bring you comfort and peace. He's the only one that's going to give you a way out. The Bible calls it in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, a way of escape. For whatever you're in this morning, whatever you're going through, Jesus always gives us an, a way of escape. No matter whether you're being tempted, no matter whether you're being drawn away, Whatever it is, He gives you a way of escape. And that comes through Jesus Christ. Paul said, everything that I do, I stand on it, is through the gospel. He said, you were saved by the gospel. Amen? That's who you believed in. By faith, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you believed in Jesus Christ. And, and today, the world that we live in, it's very hard for the world to see, even in the church world, that Jesus is still alive and still on His throne. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Because if you believe that, it'll change. Listen, even when things look bad, no matter whether you're going through some marriage problems, going through problems with your teens, financial, or sometimes you just get in the dumps. How many ever do that? Things can be going pretty well and you just feel like you just... Sometimes I like to call them the mully grubs. Amen? I don't know if that's a Greek word, but it sounds good. Amen? Sometimes we just get the moly grub. We just, it just seems like we go to the job and things seem to be going good. Nothing's bad, but we just, we're just in a funk. And, and sometimes that affects our spiritual walk and affects our focus on what Christ is. And the devil's very good at getting us unfocused on what is most important in your life. Let me ask you this morning, what is the most important in your life? Not your mom and dad's, not your wife sitting beside you. Is the gospel the most important thing to you this morning? Because see, the gospel should be very important to this church about this is what changed lives. This is what changes this community is the gospel. The gospel is good news. That's what it means. Good news. Good news, I would say. You say, well, why do you call it good news? Several hundred years ago, the kings, there was kings. There wasn't a democracy, there was kings, there was a monarchy. It was kings and queens that ruled the land, amen? I mean, y'all, 
You read back just a few hundred, and now America was formed on democracy. But years ago when a king, and this is how the gospel became good news, is the king would go to war, and their country would go to war. The king would ride in, back then the king would ride in with his flag of the country and of his power, and he would go in and fight for his people, with his people. And when they, when they won, and, they had, and when they lost, or it looked like they were losing, he would send a messenger back to the city. The messenger would come into the city saying, run for your lives, run for your lives, run for your lives. That meant that they were getting defeated. But when the king won the battle, he would send a messenger back, and he would run into this town, and the first thing he would say is, Good news! Good news! Good news! We've been set free. We're not going to be in bondage to slavery. We're not going to die. I have good news. And the same way is today. I am messing these babies up this morning. Amen? Man, I'm messing them up. They are crying today. I guess I'm getting way too close to them. But the good news is, you say, well, how does that good news affect us? Listen, we have a Savior called Jesus Christ. He is a King. Amen? The King rode in over 2,000 years ago and died on the cross. And He not only died, but He resurrected three days later. He went to the pits of hell to get the keys of life for us. Amen? Not only did He get the keys of life, He redeemed us, set us free by one-time sacrifice that He give His shed blood for each and every one of us so that we would not have to experience death and living sin all the time. Because without Jesus, you're dying. And now, now listen, this isn't popular saying, so I want y'all to wake up. This isn't preached a lot. If you don't have Jesus as your king this morning, you will die in your sins, a death of sin. And j listen, I don't say, the Bible says when you die, you spend eternity in hell. And everybody says, oh my goodness, here we go. He's a fire and brimstone. Brim, 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 what do you call that? Brimstone preacher, he hollers and all he talks about is hell. Folks, I'm not hollering and screaming about hell. God's Word says there's a place, two places we can spend eternity. One is forever and ever with Jesus Christ in a place called heaven. And, and now listen, a lot of people say, well, God sends people. God does not send one person to an eternity of death and torment in hell. People choose not to accept Him as King of their heart. And when that does happen, then that's where they spend eternity. Amen? Amen. Now listen, that's not, you won't see that preached down in Houston, Texas. I guarantee you. Because see, this is where our church is coming to today. We want to preach fluffy stuff to you. We want to tell you how good you are. How good you can be. You just got to rise up and take it. You can't rise up and take it without the team Jesus changing your heart and setting a standard in your life to help you do it. You couldn't help yourself be saved and you can't help yourself live the everyday life. Not without the guidance and the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Listen, I've already made a mess of my life. I've always made, oh, you give me a bunch of problems and if I don't turn them over to Jesus, I'll mess them up. Amen. Or I'll take what's in happening in my life with them problems and I'll take them on and I'll take them on personally and I try to fix them, but I fix them to help me, maybe not people around me. As long as I'm exalted, I fix the problem. Amen? As long as I exalt, you know, I don't care about you, Chad, but hey, I fixed the problem. I'm up here now. Every one of us wants to be exalted. Amen? 
Everybody, that's our natural human sinful instinct is to be exalted. Listen, there's been all through the pages of history, men has tried to create and become bigger than God. And every time they have failed. They started off with the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. Hitler said he's going to take over the world and make a pure race. It never happened. Because every one of them wanted to exalt their kingdom and their self over God's kingdom. And when Pleasant Hill starts exalting ourself and our talents and our gifts above God's kingdom, you can expect a fall. Amen? God's presence is going to remain in Pleasant Hill if we don't exalt ourselves. Amen? amen? How about an amen over here? We awake? As long as we exalt Jesus Christ in this church, the Bible says He'll draw all men to Him. That's who we should want people to be drawn to is Jesus. Amen. You say, well, our music draws. Yes, our music is good. Amen? We got talented people. It's here for your benefit, for God to speak through the music to you. But we don't exalt Tim and the praise team over Jesus, King of King and Lord of Lords. Amen? Same way with my preaching. I want to preach every Sunday, and I'm going to give you my 100% best when I preach. I'm passionate about Jesus, but I am, not, listen, I'm not to be exalted above what we're supposed to be, a gospel-driven church. Amen? Because when we get exalted, we get big heads. Some of y'all need to open your hat band up a little bit. Amen? I mean, some of us get the big head. Hey, football teams do it all the time. They win one weekend, think they did something good, and they strutting their stuff on the field. Man, we bad. Next weekend, they get run off the field, and as their helmets are way too tight. Hey man, they got the big head. It's not about them. Poor hogs. I hope they get humbled this week. It's not about them. But it's not about, listen, this church is about Jesus. That's what I've always tried when I've been preaching here. I, you'll see, I don't preach a lot of Baptist doctrine all the time. Amen. Amen. A lot of preachers get up here and tell you what Baptists think and believe and this is what we should do according to Baptists. Listen, I want a gospel-driven church that's motivated by the Savior Himself that died on the cross for you and gave His blood for you to serve Him. Not a bunch of Baptist people. And I love Baptists. Amen. I was raised one. But I know that B-A-P-T-I-S-T, that is bad stuff. That's good spelling. Does not get you to heaven. I preach it at funerals sometimes and it just it amazes me. I'll preach it at funerals and I'll say, Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life to heaven. Baptists will not get you there. And I can see them, some of them old Baptists in the back. Can you, you hear what he just said? I've been 52 years in a Baptist church. Sorry, friend. When you get to heaven, if you don't know Jesus, you just got 52 years of being in a Baptist church. That's all you got. But when you know Jesus, you have eternal life through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the good news is, Jesus Christ is still on His throne. Amen? How many believe that this morning? Do you truly? Now listen, don't be like Paul. He said, 
Listen, the gospel is something for you to stand on unless you believe in vain. And what that means is a lot of us say, yeah, Jesus is on His throne until we get in trouble or in a bind or a pinch and we don't call upon Him. If He's really on the throne, He wants your all in all, not just on Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. If He's your King of kings and Lord of lords, He wants you to speak to Him tomorrow sometime through the day. How many of y'all believe that? I mean, listen, if Gerald and Jacqueline here were married, I guarantee you she'd want him to talk sometime during the day tomorrow. He's my husband. I love him. Talk to me. Amen? It'd be like me and Mavlin. We're married. Been married for 26 years. I'm her angel sent from heaven. (laughs) That's good stuff. But if I went all day tomorrow and told her that I loved her, every day I can say, Mev, I love you, 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 I worship you, I love you. But I turned around and never did nothing to show. There was no actions. There was just words. Then she's not going to believe it. It's all words and not actions. Because listen, when Jesus Christ is the King of King and the throne, on the throne of your heart, you don't give Him just words. You want to get into action and say, I'm doing this because of what you did for me. It's good news and it changed my life. Amen. This is why I do what I do. This is why I preach the way I preach. I don't preach to, to make you laugh or to turn you on or, or to say, wow, he, he, he just he keeps me awake. Well, you need to be awake because of the gospel. Amen? I get sick and tired of preaching in churches where people are sleeping. And then the church members, they think it's funny or they say, well, he's just always been that way. He's always slept since I can remember. Well, I'm going, wake him up! Ask him, is Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in his heart? Because listen, if He is this morning, you won't come to church and want to slouch around and sleep. You want to say, Jesus, what do you have for me? What revelation from Your Word? What what good news do You have for me in my life, my marriage, my kids? Lord, I'm without a job. I'm in marriage. Lord, what good news is there? People are hungry today for good news. This world is starving for good news. Amen. Go home and turn on the tube. You're not going to get no good news. I mean, just go home and watch your local news. Well, there's been a shot shooting in so-and-so. A kill two in a hotel. One's been killed here. Drug. One. To... Just last week, a man raped a 60-year-old woman in Hot Springs Mall in broad daylight. This is the world we live in. And people don't, listen, I want a little, little tidbit here. Do not let the hopelessness of the world and the media and people that live in the world that don't know Jesus, don't let them starve you of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Don't let them fool you that He's still not on His throne. He's still there. Amen? He's still on the throne. He knows exactly what's in, happening. He knows exactly what you're going through today. But He wants you to call upon him. He is not going to force you to make Him Lord. Now let me say this. There's a lot of saved people in the church today that know Him as their Savior. There is. But, there's not, but, not, all, but not all saved people 
make him lordship over their life. There's a difference. When you make him lord over your life, you act different, you walk different. You know when you get money, the first thing you do is bless God. You don't say, boy, that's what my four-year degree got me right there. That's why I went to college. That's why I do what I do. No. God give you the capability to do that. And He blessed you through that. But the ultimate glory, you should, listen, our goal as a church is to reflect God's glory. Amen? It'll be the most satisfying thing you ever do is to reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. It'll bring new life. It'll motivate you to serve Him. Michelle, did I, I want to put that one on there. The gospel isn't something that you just get. Look at this. The gospel is not something you simply get. Now, a lot of us have got it. We got saved. Some of us five years ago. Some of us a year ago. Some of us a few months. Some of us 20 years ago, we got the gospel. We, we understood the gospel. It convicted us of our sins. We knew that we need a Savior. Apart from Him, we could not make it to heaven. We fell down. We humbled ourselves somewhere. In a church, at the house, at a church camp, wherever, at a concert, wherever it was, you kneeled down, humbled yourself, and asked Jesus to come in your heart and be your Savior. To save you from the sin that you was going to die in. He was the only way you knew that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He's the only way we can have eternal life. You humbled yourself, invited Him in your heart. Okay? You got it. But listen, guys, it's not a one-got thing. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. We get saved and think it's over with. Well, I'm saved. I got saved. I'm going to heaven. I can just, now I can just kick back and relax. My problems are over. I, you're saved, but you don't have Jesus Christ as Lord. He's not in the middle of your everyday decisions. Just think back how much Jesus is. Is He really the, on the throne of your heart? The last time you bought something big and significant, did you pray to the King of Kings first and say, God, is this the path you want me to go down? Or did you just say, it's a good deal, I can't find one nowhere else, this is it, I'm getting it. See, when we start having to make decisions, do we pull the good news in with us? Do we pull Jesus alongside our marriage? Do we pull Jesus alongside of our financial decisions? Do we pull... Now, here's a lot of churches don't do this. They never pull Him inside the building for a worship service. Amen? There's many churches this morning. Jesus is sitting at the door, looking through the window saying, Let me in! I would change and turn your church upside down. Churches across America are praying. I hear it all the time. Oh, Brother George, we don't have but 15 and we're dying and we just can't hardly keep the lights on. I want to say, let Jesus in. Get out of your denomination ways and don't care what people think. Let Him in. Amen? Amen. I could care less what people think about my preaching. And that used to bother me, Walt, when I first... I wanted to please all the Baptist preachers. I wanted to please their wives, their kids, their churches. When George Vincent's name was brought up, I wanted them to say, Oh, he's a great preacher. And I would have been if I'd have preached like them. 
and acted like them and dressed like them. But I want to preach about Jesus. Life-giving Jesus. One that can bring abundant life, Carrie. One that can truly change your life. It's not about turning over a new leaf. It's a total change. Now, after you're saved, it's a step-by-step process in your sanctification. Now, a lot of people say, when I get saved, and listen, He'll deliver people from drugs. He'll deliver from alcohol. He'll, he can deliver people from anything. Amen? Amen? But don't think when you first get saved, well, I just... I, I got saved, but I still... I passed by that liquor store and I could taste it. Well, you got to keep... Listen, you got to do more than just get Him one time. you got to bring Him in your everyday life. Amen. When you start getting desires, here's what you do. You take it out of your hands and say, Jesus, I can't handle this. I know if I don't get you right in the middle of my life, I'm going to fall back and be who I used to be. I know if I don't keep you up and keep just holding on to your shirt tail. See, that's what some of us need to do. You say, well, that's not very scriptural sounding. Well, grab a shirt tail and see. Amen. Grab a hold of a shirt tail and see if Jesus changes your life. Don't walk back here 50 feet from Him at a distance like most people do. Fall up there and grab that shirt tail. And say, I am not letting go of you this time, Jesus. And Jesus said, I've never went nowhere. I've always been here. You're the one that keeps leaving. We got to remember that. He never forsake us. He'll never leave us this morning. That's good news. Amen. But some of us need to get up and grab a hold of his shirt tail and know him a little bit better than just your salvation experience. There's a lot of people who can tell us how to be saved, and I wish that was it. But it's only the beginning point. That's it. You say, well, I've messed up, Brother George. You know, I, I've been saved and I even slipped last week. You know what? Jesus is in there saying, I love you if you'll just come get my shirt tail. If you'll come and, and love me as a king of kings and the Lord of lords and worship me as a God on a throne. See, Jesus and us, we're not all on the same level. But see, we, we take His power and His glory and His presence away when we try to put Him on a front bench. But he wants to be highly and exalted in our church. Amen. He wants to be highly exalted in your marriage. He wants to be highly and exalted every time we meet here. Amen. And it's a difference that he makes when he's on the throne. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And I love this. Even though it looks like the devil's winning today, he's not winning. Amen? I know it's bad and it's bleak out there. But I'm not preaching. I, I'm preaching good news. I don't want you to get up and to leave this service and walk out and say, Oh, I've got to go back out in this sin-sick world. I, I hope I make it this week. Well, if you keep saying, Hope I make it, then you're not going to make it. But when you grab a hold of his shirt tail and say, now, come here, Tim. Now, me and Jesus, I can make it. Amen? I'm, I'm going to do something even better. So now i got to get somebody bigger. He... <laughs> uh-huh, I found a big one this time. You don't mind helping me preach, do you? All right. 
I might wake up Monday morning and as soon as my feet hit the bed. Now here's, you stay right there, Jesus. I get out of bed, my feet hit the door. Oh, I got a busy week. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to make this. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got this. And before I even get out of the bed and get to brush my teeth, I've already lost the battle. The devil has already came in and told me I'm a defeated loser. And you know what? I need to say, devil, you are right. Without him, I am a loser. Without the king of kings and the Lord of lords, I've lost the battle. But see, devil, you're not fighting me. You're fighting Jesus. And wherever Jesus goes, i got his shirt tail. Look here, boy. <laughs> Any of you dudes out there want to mess with me, come through him first. <laughs> Amen. I mean, look at this. <laughs> now, now I've got a total different attitude when I prayed and humbled myself and said, Jesus, I can't do this without you. Yes, Three weeks ago, I messed up and I slipped from you. I did some things I shouldn't. I said some things I shouldn't. Lord, I wake up every day in sin. I know that. But Jesus, I cannot make it in my job, in my work. I can't be the dad. I can't be the pastor I need to be. Jesus, come. Lord, I just, I just want your shirt, Dale. Just go with me this week. Be with me everywhere I go. Lord, I'm going to hold on. Jesus says, I'll hold on you. I got you in the palm of my hand. I got you here. He says, I, I've never left you. You keep going off saying, oh, I can do this. Because see, we'll have little small victories that we can do in our own human strength. And then all of a sudden, I'll call you next Sunday, Jesus, if I need you, brother. I got this. And he wants us to learn from that. But here's the key. Here's the key. Most of us get ashamed of what we did or where we've gone or what we said. Some of y'all may not have been in this church for six, three months. Well, I just hadn't been there so long. Ain't no reason going today. Yes, there is. The devil wants you to think that for the rest of your life. Feel ashamed. Without Jesus, that's all you'll ever be. But here's the thing about Jesus. You turn around and you say, you know, I messed up, Jesus. But I want to come back to you and Jesus is standing there. This is what I love about most of our friends would say, Mm-mm, you stay away from me with that junk. But Jesus said, I died for that junk. Amen. I live every day with junk. I left the portals of heaven to come down in human form to live in humanity and it's junk. I want to live with you in junk. And, he, and as soon as I humble myself and exalt Him, Jesus says, grab a hold. And then he walks with me everywhere I go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going, we're going Thursday this way. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, we're at Saturday and I still got a hold of his shirt tail. Then when Sunday gets here, here's what happens. Jesus, go ahead and sit down. And I hold him right on through Sunday. But see, here's what happens. We come into church. Let's go this way, Robert. We walk in today. Here I come to church today. I'm ready to preach. And all of y'all do is see me, but you forgot I got a shirt tail. Because I said, Jesus, I can't preach the way you want me to preach and have influence and convict heart. You're the only one that can do that. Let me be your mouthpiece. Lord, I appreciate being your mouthpiece. Lord, it's not about me. It's about you today. And when we come walking in church, 
Jesus is right there. He's my King of King and my Lord. He's on my throne. And now, you can sit down, Robert. And now, when I come to worship or I come to preach, even though I've been in junk all week and mess, I come in here and, and, and everything's went crazy and all on the outside, but on the inside, I've got peace. I still got joy. And one word is sung, or one word is preached, or one hug or encouragement word, and all of a sudden, this is what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, dunamis power. People think that dunamis power only happens at miracles. Dunamis power happens when I come in. And even though I've had a hold of Jesus, and I've walked with Him all this week, and I've prayed, and I've done what I'm supposed to do. And bad things still happen when I do what I'm supposed to do. Amen? Bad things happen. It's called life. You might have a death in your family. You might have this happened to you. So, it, listen, just because you get saved and got a hold of Jesus, don't mean you're never going to go through heartache and pain. But I got a hold of Him, and all of a sudden I come in, and I've been with Him all week, but I, I just... I'm ready to worship, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up, and it always happens. God opens the door. Somebody will come and say a word, give me a hug, say something. All of a sudden, that peace that I'm standing on, the gospel that I'm standing on, all of a sudden goes, boom. Y'all can't see it, but I see the prettiest little fireworks you ever saw. I mean, I just explode on the inside. And it's like, Wow. Thank you for that. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, See, I'm still with you. Even if I did speak to him or her or a song or a message, I'm still got you. That's why I'm a king. See, if we look at earthly kings today, and, and I never did like watching the movies from the 1600s back in England, I mean, back before then, them kings were ruthless. Their kids were ruthless. They would try to kill their daddy so they could get the throne. <laughs> and I'm going, man, look what power and authority and prestige does to a person if it's not all in the right perspective. All they wanted is the daddy's throne to be king so I can tell people what to do. But see, Jesus is a different kind of king. He's not like he's not uncaring. Like if, if we brought back the end, if I brought a person to an un, uh, to an earthly king and said he needs help, he needs this, he he's really down. He, he got a divorce and two years ago, and he lost a job last week. King, can we give him just a little bit of gold to get him through? And can we just help him, you know, get uh, get back on his feet? An earthly king would say, "Sorry, Charlie. Do the best that you can. Take him out of my courts." But when you come into the courts of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords of Jesus Christ, amen, when we come into His court, and when you pray today, even when you pray, He's on the right hand of His Father on the throne, and I pray, and, and my prayers go up, and Jesus is there, He is there as our lawyer. He's there pleading our case to God for us. Yeah, I know he messed up God, but I died on the cross for him. Lord, I, 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 he, he's a good guy. I, I, if I keep working through him, he's going to be a minister of the gospel one day. He's going to do this. Lord, I know he's not worth it, but I died for him. 
And, Jesus, and God says, okay, Jesus, let him through. And then we, he allows us to go through the court and go by grace, by God's goodness, we get to go to the throne anytime and call upon Jesus because of the good news. Because of the gospel, you get to pray anytime you want. Boldly approach His throne of grace. Where's that throne of grace at? It might be at your desk at work. It might be at your steering wheel this week. It might be at your house in the kitchen. It might be in a deer stand. His throne can go 16 foot up. Amen. His, his throne is following you everywhere this week. Just hold on to the shirt tail. And when you start feeling weak and you can't do it, Jesus says, you know what? I've been there. I felt weak. I know what it means to be human. I know what it means to bleed. I know what it means for someone to spit in my face. I know what it means to be slapped. I'm experiencing what you experience. That's why I'm your king. I can help guide you through this. And all of a sudden, he says, here's my throne. All you got to do is boldly approach it. it. It's yours. It's free. Because the price has been... That's good news. It don't cost me a dime to go to the throne. But God does want our obedience. He does want our love. And see, listen guys, I'm closing. I didn't preach near what I wanted. As always. Man, I, could, I need 17 parts to my sermon. But this is what I want to ask you this morning. What motivates you to be who you are? And what you do? I'm talking away from the church. See, it's easy to show up on Sunday and be Christian. Amen? Man, it's like, I don't know, it's something to do with Sunday. When Sunday gets there, it's like holiness falls into place. I don't get that. Saturday's just as holy. Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. See, that's why most people think Sunday is a day to go to church. Not Wednesday. Amen? I just worship on Sunday. Sunday's the holy day. Listen, when you got his shirt tail, your holy day is wherever Jesus is. Whether you're in church, whether you're a bog, here we go. I'm, on, I'm fixing to chase some rabbits. Whether it's your ball game, when you stand up to holler at somebody and that cuss word starts to come out, grab that shirt tail. Amen. Just grab the shirt tail. When you're on the job and your boss really just gets under your skin and you're fixing to cuss them out, I'll fix by, I tell you, grab the shirt tail. Sometimes I think Jesus wants to do this to me. He just wants to... Don't, he didn't mean that. Amen? You say, Jesus don't do that. Jesus will let you go through whatever He allows you to go through to get your attention today. Amen? To say, hey, I still want to get... Now listen, let me ask you this. Have you taken Jesus off His throne this morning? You say, well, I, I have, and I, I've tried to do it my way, Brother George, and I'm in a pickle this morning. I'm in a mess. Here's what you got to do. The Bible says, humble yourself, and He will lift you up. Cast all your cares upon Him. 
That's all you got to do is humble yourself and go to that throne this morning and say, Jesus, I know I've messed up. I thought I could do handle things on my own, handle life, and I can't handle it more and more, Jesus. I need, there's that speaker. I need you back on the throne where you're at. Lord, I figured out real quick. Lord, please be the Lord of Lord back on my throne. Be on your throne so I can take you everywhere with me. Lord, so you can fix my problems. And Lord, I know all my problems aren't met just because I come to an altar somewhere, but they're not automatically fixed. But Lord, you're giving me guidance in the right direction. How many of y'all in here know Jesus will make a difference? Really believe He'll make a difference in your life, in your marriage. See, you can't go out here just... Now listen, if you go out here and don't act on that, that's believing in vain. Amen? If you leave here and say, I love Jesus! And you stand on church on Sunday, but you don't acknowledge Him during the week. And I mean, you, you, you really do a bad life. You, you just believe it in vain. Because when you really have Jesus as your Savior, it motivates you. He motivates you. How does He motivate me? He convicts. He draws me. He tries to get my attention away from the world and from this. to get. He's saying, grab the shirt tail. Just grab my shirt tail. And I'll show you the best life you ever had. The most abundant life you can ever experience. Where are you at this morning? Some of us need to check our hands. Amen? Do you have a hold of his shirt tail this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I want this to be good news. Because Lord, the new good news is without you, we are nothing. Without acknowledging, Lord, every day we wake up and every time we walk into this building and do ministry, I pray that every leader in this church is motivated by the gospel of what Jesus did for them. An appreciation and a humility. Because that's what sparks us to use our spiritual gifts. That's what sparks ministry in this church. Is you do it not because of pleasing people. You do it to please Jesus. And that's hard to find in this world we live in today. Because see, most of us, we love out of a human love. A philo love. We love people, but you know what, Lord, if I love them and I do this for them, we always in the back of our mind expect something back. But Jesus Christ loves us today with an agape love. He died on the cross. Whether you acknowledge Him today or not, He still died for your sins. He still died so you wouldn't have to spend eternity separated from Him in hell. He died for the whole world that way. It's called love. For God so loved. But see, He wants you to respond this morning. Is He sitting on His throne in the right place? You say, well, Brother George, my, my kingdom feels pretty small now. Guess what? It should. Because it's your, your kingdom. Well, my kingdom that I live in looks pretty small. Well, it is compared to God's kingdom. Maybe that's our problem. Maybe we've been trying to build our own kingdom. Once you boldly approach His throne of grace this morning, whatever you need to trade out and put Jesus in, won't you invite Him to come in? Maybe, maybe you want Him to come in and just forgive you. You want to know Him as your Savior? You've never been saved. You went to a lot of church and did a lot of functions, but maybe truly not never saved. Maybe there's some here that 
Maybe you've drifted away from Jesus in the throne. And you say, I would love to come back, Brother George. Well, all you got to do, it's, it's one, one prayer away. He's standing there waiting with his arms wide open saying, Come unto me. All you that are hurt, all you that are feeling bad, ashamed, I want to give you rest this morning. But you've got to get up and take that step of faith. The same faith that saved you this morning is the same faith that draws you back to the throne. Same faith. Whatever God's dealing with you this morning, won't you just forget about everything outside these walls, forget about your, what's going on in your marriage. Focus. Focus on the throne this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's all stand quietly as we sing. They're going to sing, draw me close. I pray this morning, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ draws you close to Him this morning. Do you feel like you've drifted away? Do you feel the coat that's coming in your heart? In your life. Maybe even in our church body. Lord, don't let our church grow cold. Keep us focused on the cross and on the good news.